Thanks so much for joining us for the New Life Rabina podcast. New Life Church is one family, many churches, and we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planting and leading thriving local churches. You've joined us in our series, First Peter, Hope in the Midst of Suffering. In this series, we will discover how to experience hope within suffering through learning how to embrace love, submission, and identity in the midst of challenges as we follow the example of Christ. We pray that this message is a blessing. Hello and welcome to New Life Online again. Uh, if you are tuning in for the first time or I haven't had the opportunity to meet you, my name is Ori and I get to be the online pastor here at New Life Church. Um, Super exciting time we've got ahead of us today. Uh, For the first time, we are preaching a message in the live cross. I get the privilege to do that, to share God's word with you. Um, It's going to be, I would hope, uh, a a blessing to you and something that really um, will offer you some hope uh, as you move forward in your day and in your week. Uh, We are continuing in the series as we journey through the letter of 1 Peter, uh, the theme being the hope in the midst of suffering. Uh, So if you'd like to open your Bible, whether that's on your mobile device or whether that's a physical Bible, you can open to 1 Peter and we'll be picking up in chapter 5. So you can have that ready as we look to get going. So I'm going to open with a word of prayer and then we're going to dive straight into what God might be saying to us today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much that you are such a good and loving God. I thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus to walk amongst us, to be with us, and to guide us. And I pray, Lord, this morning, as we open your word and we hear what you might have to say, I pray, Lord, you would help us to see that we can lead like shepherds and not like heroes. I pray, Lord God, that by your spirit, you would give us the power to influence people well and ultimately to influence people towards your love and grace. For that is what causes us to endure. I pray, Lord, that you would take everything away from me that is not of you and that, God, by the power of the Spirit, you would speak through me, your humble vessel. And I pray all of this in Jesus' mighty name, and all who would agree, say, Amen. Amen. Well, have you ever wondered what good leadership actually looks like? Have you ever stopped to think, what is good leadership? Well, leadership is all around us. And so whether you work in a business or a company, whether you're part of the government or the social sector, whether you play in a sports team, whether you are simply a part of a group of friends that are looking to have a great weekend together, wherever you find a group of people who are working towards a common cause, who have a common objective in mind, maybe they're trying to realise a vision or you know, make the world a little bit of a better place, uh, you um, <clears throat> will find leadership there. I'm just going to pause for one moment because my auto lock has decided to turn itself back on. Bear with me one moment. All right, there we go. Leadership is all around us and you will find it wherever there's a group of people together. Now, leadership author and expert John Maxwell would tell you that leadership is influence. And John's right in the most general sense of the term. But we have to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, There's a little bit more depth to it than that. It raises questions like, where is that influence taking us? And is that influence good? And for some of us, even my mention of the word leadership might be mildly triggering for you. I think most of us could easily say that at some point in time we've experienced bad leadership. 
uh, we've come across uh, a person that maybe their intentions were good but their execution was not. Uh, we've all brushed up against um, some bad leadership. And look, we live in a world that is increasingly volatile. There's more and more uncertainty. Um, the challenges that we face are increasing order of complexity and there's ambiguity around uh, what it is that might be the next right step. And so we live in, a, we live in, in that time, in that place that, um, <clears throat> that, that it's difficult to lead. Let's acknowledge that. Um, but at the same time, we live in a culture, and particularly in our Western individualistic culture that uh, we find ourselves placed in, where I'm coming to you from today. Where leadership, um, <clears throat> or excuse me, where we are, our culture is uh, pushing us towards um, instant gratification, quick fixes, silver bullets. Uh, and when we talk about and think about leadership, the way that that manifests, what that looks like, is uh, leaders that lead like heroes. Um, <clears throat> and so <clears throat> we all know what that looks like. I feel all you need to do is open the headlines and look at the news and you will find examples of uh, leaders who lead like heroes, leaders that swoop in, they parachute in, they're after the glory, they're after the fame. It's, it becomes all about them. <clears throat> and uh, the issue with that, or, and we all know it, that that can end uh, or that often fails. Um, at best, uh, the leader that is put in place, uh, we hang our hope on them, they're, whether they're a politician or a business leader or a CEO, we hang our hope on them and we hope they're going to come in and save the day. And at best, they're in over their heads, but at worst, they're all in it for themselves. They're out to profit for themselves, they're out to gain for themselves, they want the recognition. And so we know that, that this can be the status quo at times. This can be, uh, make things increasingly challenged for us to move forward as a people. And it still begs the question, what is good leadership? What does good leadership look like? Well, I submit to you today that good leadership is actually godly leadership. And that Peter, in his letter, gives us a very clear picture as to what godly leadership looks like and how we might uh, live out and exemplify godly leadership. And it's all summed up in this simple statement, this single idea, and that idea is this, that you are to lead like a shepherd, not like a hero. Lead like a shepherd, not like a hero. If there's one thing that I tell you today, if there's one thing I want you to remember, if you forget anything else I say, it's simply that idea. Lead like a shepherd, not like a hero. And so let's turn now to 1 Peter chapter 5, and we'll pick up from verse 1. It's 1 Peter chapter 5. Let's read God's word together. It starts in verse 1. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's suffering, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but by being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. And here it is, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. 
And so effectively, what Peter is writing is this, lead like a shepherd, not like a hero. And we heard just then in the sandwich in the middle of that passage that, that being like a shepherd, leading like a shepherd, has, is underpinned by humility. You don't think less of yourself, you just think of yourself less. It's underpinned by service. That actually you're not there for yourself, but you are there to serve others and ultimately to serve God in God's mission. And it's underpinned by example. That you wouldn't just tell people what to do. You wouldn't lord your power as a leader over them, but you would be an example. You would live as an example. Our values might be what we believe, but our culture is how we behave. And our behaviour is what sets the example for those who are in in our influence and in our sphere. And there's an important thing to note there in that passage that Peter says, be shepherds of God's flock. And so notice there that if you are in a position of leadership, if you have influence over a group of people, that you actually don't own the people that are in your charge. A lot can go wrong. Leading like a hero comes out of that attitude of owning the people or the group. But actually, they're gods and you're there to serve And that's what leading like a shepherd looks like. They are under your care. And leading like a shepherd comes from a place of deep, deep care for the people who are in your charge. And leadership author author and self-proclaimed optimist um, and speaker Simon Sinek would phrase it like this. He would say, leadership is not about being in charge. Leadership is about taking care of those in your charge. And that's really important to understand. Leading like a shepherd means you are taking care of the people in your charge. Peter's writing this not because it was just a good thought to share at the time, not because it's something that he just thought needed to be included because he was passionate about leadership. He was, like a lot of things that he would say, like everything in the Word of God would say, speaking into something, speaking into an issue that was happening at the time. And what was evident here in the text is that the status quo was to lead like a hero. That's why he's talking to the elders of the early church and telling them to lead like shepherds. This is important because if you lead like a hero, ultimately it becomes all about your agenda. But if you lead like a shepherd, then ultimately it all becomes about God's agenda. And that's what God wants to see. He wants to see leaders who lead like shepherds and so we're ushering people into God's agenda. And God is a good God. God is a loving God. Despite what you might have thought about God or heard about God or experienced through uh, your spiritual journey, our God, the God we are talking about today, is a God who is a loving God, a God who is here to serve you. And so primarily in this text, Peter is talking to the elders and the leaders of the early church scattered across Asia Minor, which we would understand in our modern day as Turkey. And the status quo of leadership at the time was leading like heroes. In the wider community, there were people who uh, were in for selfish or dishonest gain or they felt obliged. Uh, I I think most of us would know when we've been in the company of someone and they feel like they've got something else to do that's more important and we know how that makes us feel. And so into this status quo, into this norm, Peter is talking about a different way. He's giving the leaders of the time a hope towards a better way of leading God's people to the destination that God is leading them to. 
<clears throat> but ultimately, hero leadership at the time came in the form of the Roman Emperor Nero. Nero definitely led like a hero. Like, Roman, like all Roman emperors of the time, Nero was seen as a god himself. And his face would have appeared on currency, there would have been monuments and buildings uh, made in order to celebrate and honour him, statues in order to recognise his status. But Nero led from such a place of insecurity that with any whiff of a threat towards uh, his power, any threat towards his status, he would unleash violently on those people. And it was the Christians of the early church that were present in these regions that suffered under this persecution. <clears throat> we would hope, I'm sure you would hope, that over the decades and the centuries and the millennia that have passed, that maybe the status quo might have improved or changed over time. And I'm sure in pockets it has, but in other areas it hasn't. It might be less violent, it might look a little different, but leading like a hero is definitely not confined to ancient times. Again, you only have to open the headlines to read, you know, I did this a couple of weeks ago, to read about more situations where people are leading like heroes and it's ending in disaster. Uh, just to give an example, there's a certain unnamed airline that has recently hit headlines for all the wrong reasons. So much so that their former CEO has pulled his retirement forward and left in his wake 1,700 workers whose jobs were illegally outsourced. They're being investigated for selling tickets that uh, were already sold, tickets that, that shouldn't have been sold. And the successor of the CEO, the new current CEO, has been left to front the media and to apologise and to promise that there's going to be improvement and change and things are going to get better. It's not the legacy that you or I or any of us would hope to leave as we exit a leadership role. But unfortunately, that is what leading like a hero can end up like. And just as a side note, there was, has been reports that the former CEO earned $21.4 million in the last fiscal year. And there's something in us that just goes, hey, that is, there's something just not right about that. There's something disproportionate. There's something unsettling. And it's because we know that people were sacrificed in order for personal gain or for profit or for accolades. Leading like a hero causes everything to become about our agenda. When it's about our agenda, we do not love, we do not act in humility, and we do not serve. And that is what leading like a shepherd leads us into. <clears throat> to give a bit of contrast, when I first came to faith, my interest in leadership peaked in a very short time after that. And I think I was reading a couple of titles that probably veered more towards leading like a hero than perhaps leading like a shepherd. Uh, but someone was gracious enough to uh, lend me a copy of this book called Good to Great, um, which is a book that would give us a modern example of leading like a shepherd. <clears throat> Jim Collins, the author, worked with a 20-strong research team uh, and they went on a quest to answer the question, as the, as the cover of the book uh, implies, you know, can companies, can organisations go from good to great? Can, like if they're humming along, just run of the mill, just average performance, all of those things, is there a transition point and can they, for an enduring period of time, outperform uh, the market that they're in, the industry that they're in? And this team spent years on this project. 
and they bought all the research, all the academic rigor. They spent so much time analyzing all the data. They looked at all the case studies and they took this so seriously. They counted for all of their biases in order to answer this question, except for one bias. There's an interesting point very early in the book where Jim Collins talks about his acute awareness of the status quo of leadership. At the time they were doing this research project and at the time that they were trying to understand uh, if there's an answer to the question they were asking. And because he knew this, because the status quo was, hey, blame the leader or celebrate the leader, leaders typically were these big ego-driven personalities, come in, swoop in, save the day, charge up the team, press on forward, engineer growth, he really wanted to downplay the role of leadership in whether these companies and organisations could go from good to great. What's fascinating and what was shocking to them as a research team at the time was as they kept crunching the numbers, as they kept looking at the data, this pattern emerged, not even like a pattern, it was like in every single one of the 11 companies they identified that fit the profile of a good to great company, there was what they termed a level five leader. In every single one, it wasn't just some of them, it was all of them. And in the comparison companies they set up, there wasn't a level five leader. And this was so shocking to them that they had to dig into it further and what they deduced a level five leader to be would be a leader who had a paradoxical mix of personal humility and professional will. In other words, they were humble. They didn't think less of themselves, they thought of themselves less. They were intensely focused on the mission at hand, what they were trying to achieve. And many of these leaders, they led by example. They embodied what they were asking their team to do as they pursued the mission of their organisation, of their company. Now, where have we heard that already this morning? That's right, lead like a shepherd. As Peter says, be shepherds of God's flock. Lead like shepherds with humility from a heart of service and as an example. <clears throat> What's really powerful about the text that we've just read and that you might not have noticed as I read through the passage was that Peter himself is an example of a level five leader. He fits the definition that this modern example came in this ancient context where Peter lived. And Peter charges us to lead like shepherds as well, and we can follow his example. And in verse 1, you will have heard me read, I appeal to you as a fellow elder. Now just remember, this is Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. Peter was one of the three present at the transfiguration of Jesus. And Peter became a key leader. He was an apostle in the early church. He became a key leader. And he was the spokesperson. He was the one preaching the gospel as the Holy Spirit descended and lit the church on fire in Acts chapter 2. He was there with John as he called the lame beggar to raise up and walk and see a miracle of God happen right in that moment. And Peter <clears throat> had all of the accolades. He had so much he could have said in that line, but he came to the level of those he was talking to. He descended to the level of elder. I'm a fellow elder like yourself. He didn't hold his status over them. He didn't seek recognition. He simply said, like you, I charge you to do this. Be shepherds of God's flock. Lead like shepherds. Peter also had intense 
will. He was focused on the cause of God. He knew suffering intimately. This whole letter, if you read 1 Peter from start to finish, Peter is so focused on how we find hope in the midst of suffering. And he was a witness to suffering. He saw, what, he saw what happened and he knew what was going to happen to Jesus. And he shared in the suffering as his ministry continued through the early church. He ended up being crucified also in, in order, <clears throat> or as he was living out his faith. And he was intensely focused on the goal of the prize. And the goal of the prize is God. The goal of the prize is intimacy with God. It's to walk with him. It's to be fully known by him and it's to live out God's ways. And so Peter was his combination and he was an example. And to give a modern example that also helps build this image of what leading like a shepherd might look like, I turn to a figure named Captain William Swenson who was uh, a member of the American military and he was awarded a significant award, the highest award of honour you can get in uh, the US military and that is the Congressional Medal of Honour. He was given that in 2013 uh, for action that he took in Afghanistan in 2009. He was present with a group of local elders. They were heading to a destination for a village meeting and Swenson and his team were fully ambushed by like 60 enemy fighters surrounded from three, three sides. And valiantly, Swenson refused to surrender. He coordinated air support. He organised smoke screens, ground fire. <clears throat> he put his own life at risk in order to recover the wounded and pull out some who had perished. And you can read through his whole citation on the Congressional uh, Medal of Honor website, it's the US government website. It goes through more detail than this and paints a picture of someone that had really put his life on the line for those that he leads. But what you don't read in that citation, but what you would hear if you listen to Simon Sinek's uh, 2013 TED Talk, is this detail, this, this critical detail that kind of paints a real picture of what a shepherd looks like, what deep care for the people in your charge looks like. <clears throat> One of the medevac team who was helping Swenson get the injured out was wearing a GoPro camera on their helmet. And the GoPro camera just happened to catch the entire scene that was playing out before them. And what you would see if you watch this footage is that Swenson pulls these men out of battle and sends them with the medi to get medevac and go into safety, he leans over and gives each of them a kiss before he goes back into the heat of the battle to rescue more. And this modern example of someone caring so deeply, loving the people that are in their charge, putting others ahead of themselves, is, is such a great example of how ancient shepherds would so intimately know their sheep. See, in ancient times, shepherds knew their sheep so intimately that as they traveled on their journey um, and evening would come, they'd find a cleft in the rock, a natural kind of cave or area that could form a sheep pen. And as, each, as, as the shepherd would guide these sheep into the safety, and protection of the, these caves or these clefts in the rock. 
you count each sheep, often would give them names, know them intimately, and the sheep would trust the shepherd and follow the shepherd where the shepherd would guide and go, knowing that they would be safe, they would be nourished, they would be cared for, and they would arrive at their destination. <clears throat> and so, if we are to lead like shepherds, and we are to lead by example, then we must follow the example that we are given. And that example is the example of God. It's interesting to note that God's model of leadership is shepherding. And we see this as we sweep through the sweep of Scripture. From the moment that God drew his people out of Egypt, <clears throat> he was their guide through the wilderness and he led his people to safety. In Psalm 77, the psalmist said, you lead your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. And so God himself and God through his appointed leader, Moses, led God's people out of Egypt and towards the land that they were promised, towards their own land. And God in those moments was personally present. God in those moments provided for people. He gave them food and nourishment. And God in those moments led them to fertile pastures. Hundreds of years later, the same occurs again. God takes a shepherd of sheep, David, and makes him a shepherd king. Saul was the leader of Israel at the time and he led like a hero and Israel was in trouble. Saul almost drove them into the ground and here comes David who gets made the shepherd king. And David led in a caring way, in a pastoral way, in a responsible way. But David also knew that he had a shepherd. And in the famous words of Psalm 23, we hear about this. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. He says he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul and he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. David, the shepherd king, knew that he had a shepherd king. And so who might this be? Well, as David talks about the Lord being his shepherd and Peter points to the chief shepherd, <clears throat> we know and we read in John chapter 10 that Jesus said he is the good shepherd. Jesus came to give abundant life to his people. Jesus knows his people, in, in, oh, pardon me, people, <laughs> Jesus knows his people intimately. That's what I was going for. He gathers his flock together to make one flock and he provides protection. Ultimately, Jesus laid down his life so that you, and so that I would be able to enter into relationship with God for all of eternity. That is the goal. That is what we're leading towards when we lead like shepherds. That's what the elders in the early church were charged to do with God's people. That's what you and I are charged to do now as leaders, wherever we have influence. Wherever you work, if you're a parent or a carer, if you're in charge of a team, if you lead a small group, Lead like a shepherd, not like a hero. And so if you're seeking, if you're wondering if there's more to life than, than what you currently know it to be, if you would call yourself spiritual or not religious, or maybe you're on a journey exploring faith, what I would hope you would see and hear this morning is about a God who came down and dwelt amongst his people, a God who wants to know you intimately. He already does. And he wants you to know him intimately too. And so if you're hearing this 
and you haven't done, done this before, you haven't made a commitment to Jesus, then I'd invite you to respond and just stick your hand up. Let us know in the chat. Send us an email or a text. Whatever it looks like, just tell us that you're making a commitment, that you're going to place your trust and your faith in Jesus and be led by the Good Shepherd who wants the absolute best for you as you pursue as you pursue God to become more like Jesus. And so what can we do? How can we live this out? For the rest of us, what might this mean? Well, to lead like a shepherd, we have to hear from the shepherd. And the Blackaby brothers, Henry and Richard Blackaby, say that spiritual leadership is moving people onto God's agenda. It'd be good to know God's agenda if we're going to lead people like shepherds. What are we shepherding them towards? And so as you are listening to this moment and you're hearing this message, and whether it's live with us now or whether you're listening back to it later or watching it back later, the, the challenge or the call to you is this. Pray before you call, pray before you text, pray before you meet. In all of what we do, as we interact in our relationships, as we exercise our leadership and our influence, we want to know that we are moving people towards God's agenda. For them, for our teams, for our church, for the world. And so the easiest and the simplest thing, it might not look different, but rather than just going through the motions, if we stop for a moment and we pray and we ask God, what does this person need to hear? How do I need to set vision for this team? What am I calling people towards God? And how would you have me say that? Let's pause and let's pray before we call, before we text, before we meet. That God might move in all of your interactions as you hear this message. Lead like a shepherd, not like a hero. This is so important for us because it will help us endure what is temporary as we focus on what's eternal. That's what Peter was calling God's people towards, that they would get a crown that would never fade. We play an infinite game here and it's all about God's mission and God's mission is renewal. God wants to see renewal in your life, in my life. God wants to see renewal in this world and that is what God is bringing about. And as we lead like shepherds, we can help see renewal come in our time. <laughs> Imagine the difference. Imagine the difference we would see in our world if we led like shepherds and not like heroes. Imagine people on your teams, in your workplaces, at your church rocking up and feeling safe and feeling free and knowing that God is with them. We would see renewal come. We would see a glimpse of the kingdom of God here and now as we wait eagerly for it to come for all of time. So help bring the reality of God to bear in your world and lead like a shepherd, not like a hero. Let's pray. Father, we commit this time to you. We thank you, Lord, so much that you are a good and loving God and that you are the good shepherd. You give us life and life abundantly. And Lord, I pray that as we go from this place, as we log off from church online, but not yet, but soon, as we leave and go into our day and our week, wherever that may be and whenever we might be listening to this, Lord, that you would help us to lead like shepherds, that we would guide people to your goodness and your grace and your love, 
And Lord, that we would see your renewal begin to unfold here and now. Lord, as we work towards, or as we walk towards with you, a future that is free from all sickness, pain and sorrow, a future that lasts forever and that is with you in your presence. And so we thank you for our time together, Lord, and I pray that you bless each and every person that has joined us in worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the New Life Podcast. If that stirred something within you or you'd like prayer, you can head to church.nu forward slash prayer or contact us through our Instagram or our Facebook page. We pray that you have a great week. Be blessed.